Moral Revolution community, welcome back to our podcast. I'm so glad you joined us today. We're gonna dive into all things God's design for healthy sexuality. Let's talk about it. Hello, welcome to the Moral Revolution podcast and YouTube for those of you who are actually seeing us and not just listening. For those who see, you can see we have a very special <laughs> guest today. I'm so excited. This is Mr. Damien Giacchino, oh, pastor, Mr. pastor Mr. Damien Giacchino, <laughs> reverend, bishop, whatever title you want to go for. Um, Damien and I go way back. We were both pastors in Sacramento. He's yeah. still there. He's an associate pastor at Real Life Church in Sacramento, California. Yep. Sacktown, to 916. We miss you guys so we much. We miss Sacktown too. We love Reading. We love you, Reading. But we <laughs> Thank do miss Sac a lot. Uh, but Damien and his wife Stacy are good friends of ours, have three kids, little and big. Yes, <laughs> little and big, very yes. spread out. Yes, very yeah. spread out. You'll hear more of that. So thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you guys for yes, having me. Yes, yes. And in case you're new or you haven't recognized this lovely lady, this is Sloane Wilson. <laughs> she is the moral rev all things woman. <laughs> and we are also leading a new program course Check for out. all of you single ladies out there coming at you soon or maybe live now, depending yeah, on when you're listening. Who knows? <laughs> yes, but this is Sloane. She's the go-to girl, so you'll get to hear more from her. <laughs> so we're so excited. We're going to ask you a bajillion questions. Let's do it. I'm we're going to sneak some in on you. All right. Let's go. <laughs> um, but we'll start with this. Just if you want to give us like a five-minute version of your story. Yeah. That's hard. That's yeah. pretty, that's like asking a lot. It, you know what? I, I'll, I'll take a <laughs> shot at it. You do your best and then we'll ask for the rest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I grew up in a very eclectic family, uh, very uh, blended. Uh, my father came into my life, who wasn't my biological father, when I was about two years old. So my mother, um, she had two kids, married my dad. Um, my mother was actually 28. My dad was actually 20. Wow. Right? Yeah. Wow. And he was a uh, uh, Hawaiian Portuguese, so my brothers and sisters uh, from that marriage, um, Louis and Tori, uh, mixed. Me and my brothers are mixed. So we, we just had a very mixed family dynamic. Um, loved the Lord in our home, but we didn't really go to church. So my, my parents uh, instilled a lot of good biblical values. One of the values was don't have sex until you get married. But they never celebrated it they just said mm, don't don't, ha do don't do it <laughs> don't. So, it's a no. it, so it was always a mystery to me um i'll say fast forward um i went to private school uh i think public school i started going to public school seventh eighth grade that's when a lot of temptations started to come in and you know girls started being interested in me and i started mm -hmm. being interested in girls and a lot of peer pressure yeah. um to just kind of start exploring my sexuality um, I would say lost my virginity. I don't know if we're going into deep. You are. We're we're going, going, dive right in. We say all the we're, words We're jumping here. right in. Uh, <laughs> I lost my virginity when I was about 13 or 14 years old. Wow, um, I remember not even wanting to lose it, wow. but I wanted to be validated uh, by the culture of men that were around me. Yeah. Um, and the culture that I grew up, uh, masculinity was defi defined by your economic status, your sexual conquest. Are your just your friendship status? Yeah. Wow. Um, so I did it to be accepted. Um, I got the applause, but my soul felt very uh, just dirty. It felt uh, just just at a bad place. I can tell yeah, that yeah. that wasn't the decision I really wanted to make. Wow. Um, fast forward, um, I started to kind of just really pursue a life of promiscuity. For, I'll say from about 14, about 23, um, just really didn't do relationships the right way. Um, I remember being, I'm going to back up a little bit, I remember being about 20 years old and getting a phone call um, from uh, my son's mother, who at the time I didn't know I had a son. 
saying that my son who at the time was two and a half years old hey i think dj could be yours wow yeah crazy right and you know i was really 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 mad really just frustrated said a lot of ungodly things i wasn't saying <laughs> bc before christ BC days. <laughs> um but i remember that was kind of a ripple uh one of the different things god did to kind of start getting my attention and you know, I really wasn't living from the Lord, but I knew from family values that, you know, if I wanted my life to go right, I, you know, this is my responsibility mm -hmm. if he yeah. ends up being my son. So I told God, if DJ is my son, um, I'll, I'll, I'll take on the responsibility of fatherhood. So took the test, went on Maury. No, I'm sweating. <laughs> But they were like, you are 99.9 a father. Um, and end up, you know, that was one of the hardest things to embrace because I, we didn't have a bond right away. Yeah, yeah. And I remember telling yeah. God, you're going to have to put this love in my heart for my son. And wow. I remember uh, him doing that at a specific time. I won't go into those details, but really loved embracing fatherhood. Um, at the time when I was 20, I would have thought that fatherhood would have took me from freedom. But fatherhood taught me about freedom, wow. taught me about responsibility, taught me about being selfless, right? And mm -hmm. at that time in that culture, um, these things didn't look attractive. And it's, it's interesting how Satan would make bondage look like freedom and yes. freedom look like bondage. Yeah. Yes. And apart from choosing Jesus and marrying Stacy, um, I would say uh, parenting DJ has been one of the most important decisions and just best decisions wow. of my life. Wow. Um, so 21 years old, um, into fathering and made a lot of bad decisions, ended up being incarcerated into prison, in prison oh. while I was facing 46 years uh, in, in, in prison and God supernaturally intervened, gave me a prophetic dream that I was called to preach and teach. I thought I was gonna be a real yeah. estate agent and a club promoter. I didn't, wow. I, so, so I didn't see so that coming. Different. Oh my right? God. I didn't come from a lineage of preachers. I didn't come from a lineage of pastors. It was never wow. prophetically spoken over my life. Wow. So again, I just had the family values. I knew where to go to, when things got really tough, um, get this prophetic dream. And in this dream, I'm preaching wow. at the church that I previously was serving at for 10 years before I even knew that church. Um, wow. Get out, and I feel like God is like, hey, now that I gave you your freedom and you know what I'm calling you to do, one of the things I feel like he told me that I need to start conquering is my sexuality. Wow. Because that was something that was out of hand. Um, so I truly believe in order to conquer your sexuality, you have to give it back to the one who created it. So I yielded that back to God, and um, I went on this journey from, I'll say from the time I got out, I think I was about 23, 24, or 20, from 22 to 25, I, three years, or plus, three years plus, I went on this journey of just abstinence, just breaking those soul ties, just really growing in my relationship with the Lord, knowing that what I really needed that I thought I was getting in romance was my intimacy with God, oh, wow. and then it ended up meeting my beautiful lovely wife Stacy yes. um, at Bible College um, and uh, we we met and dated and got married all in 13 months wow. um, so, so when you, you do go. it when you do it the right you way it only yes. take long yes. um, and uh, <laughs> furthered my education got my bachelor's in theology my master's in counseling oh, wow. Um, wow. and in that whole process God had gave me a message on the importance of not waking love too early um, because from the time I lost my virginity to about 22, 23 years old, I was just really misusing romance and love yeah. and, and, and really not treating uh, women the way that I should treat, treat, yeah. treat them coming from a misogynistic and a very 
um, unhealthy culture. Um, so that's kind of like my story personally and my relational story. Wow. So now 11 years in, or January will be 11 years. Um, and we have three kids, DJ, who's 19. He's at Fullerton studying kinesiology. Um, oh I have gosh. Zoe, who's five going on 25. Yes. And I have my, my youngest son, Dominic, and we're done. <laughs> no we're more. Done. We're done. <laughs> I still got to do the part to make sure I'm done. <laughs> yes, but... and you're not done, Damien. You're not done yet. You need to do your part. <laughs> but, you know, I'm a little scared. So. <laughs> He lined it up so that he could be on the couch during March Madness. Okay, I need to talk to Paul, yeah. man. I need him to like play it. over me. He timed it. Oh well. my God. He's like, I'm out. Yeah. So smart. I can't move. There March you go. Madness for the whole time. <laughs> awesome. So I know that was longer than five minutes. Oh no, that was no, great. No, it was literally. I was astounded at how well you mapped that out. So yeah. so beautiful, so powerful. So many questions. I'll let you go first. Yeah, I, I had a question just like burning in me when you were speaking. Okay, so you were saying that from the age of, you said 13. About 13, 14. Wow, yes, until yeah. probably around 20, 23, yeah. you said, yeah, that you kind of like subscribed to hookup culture yeah, in a oh, sense. For sure. yeah. I want to know, even for the people who are listening, like how did, how did that really affect you? Because I feel like there's some people who, you know, get involved in hookup culture, the over-sexualization of culture without even realizing it. It just feels normal. It's just yeah. life. It's just, you know, we watch TV, it's everywhere, and it just yeah. feels normal. Like... How does it actually affect your your spirit, your soul, yeah. and your body, you know? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it affects you on a spiritual level, a soul level, and a natural level. On a spiritual level, I, I think that you begin to compare a lot of your yeah. relationships to the previous relationships from, from the hookup culture. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe that it, it affected my ability to bond with people who were healthy. Because yeah. I don't think, uh, we don't believe God creates us to bond and break. Yeah. So I'm bonding on a sexual level and then breaking these bonds and then trying to bond with other people. Yeah. So it really, um, I, I think it really affected me in having healthy attachments because wow. I would attach, unattach. Um, and it just, I, I think it was unhealthy for my soul because I never properly asked myself, why am I reaching for physical intimacy? Um, wow. To the degree where I was neglecting uh, things that I need to learn about myself. That yeah. I'm reaching for sex, but I'm really alone. And when I'm alone, sex is not the answer. Romance is not the answer. Yeah. Intimacy is the answer. What is intimacy? Being vulnerable hmm. uh, with, with healthy, non-romantic relationships. Being vulnerable with the Lord. Um, being in a community where you can be seen, where you can yeah. be heard, where you can be loved, where you can be validated. That can meet the need of intimacy. Hmm. Um, but it takes work. Yeah. requires you to be vulnerable yeah it requires you to take risk of being rejected so i avoided all those things <laughs> and i just grabbed for physical intimacy yeah. which was a quick fix yeah. yeah um but it ended up hurting me um later down the road so yeah, yeah. Wow. another question i thought when you had that moment when you first lost your virginity and you're like i totally did it just caving to peer pressure and knowing this is what it takes to be a man yeah. basically wow what and because I think there's hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, I remember seeing it even depicted in a show where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what yeah. the real issue is at the core for a lot of guys. Um, our friends at Exodus Cry, their show, yeah. they kind of yeah. and liberated. They show the story of a, boys that are like, I'm just doing this because I think I have to. Yeah. To be accepted, to be normal, to not yeah. have all these other things. So what do you think? What's the cure? <laughs> you just fix, fix the whole world right yeah. now, Damien. You know, I, I, for me, I would just say for me, it was I needed validation. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of men need fatherly val validation. Yeah. 
And although I had a present great dad in the home, he was such a young dad, right? He married my mom when she was 28 and had two kids. He was 20, so he was still learning how to become a man. So there were some areas in my life I needed some fatherly validation. Mm. I think fathers provide identity. They mm. provide protection. So I didn't get these validation um, in my sex talks with my father. My mom would try to lead the sex talks, and it was very uncomfortable <laughs> trying to talk to my mom you about sex. Yeah. It's like always that. shoved into the mom, too. Yeah. It's like, you do it. <laughs> I, I think both parents should go yeah, at it. Exactly. I think because you need, it's a teamwork, right? Yeah. Um, so I think having some godly men that I look up to, which I did look up to my dad, validate like it's okay to not have sex you're still a man you're there's nothing wrong with you it's okay to protect your virtue i didn't have that all the older guys or older men my, from my uncles to my cousins it was like you want to put some hair on your chest you just, yeah. <laughs> they were saying these crazy uh reasons they helped me become a man and um because i wanted to be validated because i wanted intimacy because i wanted to belong um, I chose a wrong way to be validated, wrong way to belong. So, yeah, yeah I, I think fatherhood helps in motherhood. I think um, pouring into our kids and, and, and really starting young. They, my parents try to have the conversation with me when I was already thinking about it, already yeah. into it. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great question. I think even just one little side question I'd have for even like even the men that are listening who kind of found them put themselves in that spot and yeah. they're hearing this and they're like, yeah, you know what? I, I want to get out of hookup culture. I yeah. want to have healthy fathers speaking in my life. I don't, I maybe don't have a dad who's around or I maybe yeah. don't have like this community that's readily available for me. Like, what do you feel like would be good tips for them to yeah. get fatherhood, even, I, like speaking into their Absolutely. Lives? I think God provides coaches, mentors, teachers, pastors. Yeah. Um, I think you should start with community. Um, you know, I, I think about, I was reading a passage, it says, hell is never satisfied, so are the desires of man. So if our hearts are never satisfied and God is infinite, it takes an infinite God to satisfy a heart that's never satisfied. Um, oh, wow. So it's like having men who can point you to God, yeah. having men who can let you know that, that, that lust, that those cravings, you don't feed lust to overcome lust. Yeah. You have wow. to take your heart that is never satisfied and give it to a God that's never ending. That's the that's the fit. God is the missing piece. And wow. and, and helping helping men wrestle through temptations. I think we all have temptations differently. Uh, men have temptations. Women have uh, different temptations. Sometimes they can look the same. Sometimes they're a little bit different. Um, but just uh, really showing men how to have proper boundaries but i really think just mentors and pastors yeah. and spiritual moms and spiritual fathers those things go a long way like yeah. having people who are older than us validate us yeah. in godly ways yes yeah. so ask great. for help ask let me just let me help. just say that ask yes. for help Be vulnerable. we're done that's yeah. all you need ask for help. yeah um speaking of having a pastor, mentor, leader, coach. That's actually also what Damien <laughs> does and who he is. Um, part of the intro that I kind of left out is not only is he the associate pastor at Real Life, but he also is the founder of Don't Awaken Love Too Early Conference, DaltiConf. You can go yeah. find it on Instagram. Um, we got to come last year with our team. So fun. And it was a major highlight of the year. It was, <laughs> it was such so much a fun. blast. Yeah. But the messages were so powerful. It's one of those times where you're like, 
everybody in the world needs to be here right now. Right. How can we get this message to every person? Yeah. Um, so, and also, but, so you're not only doing that for your three children, but yeah. you're doing that for a generation. Yeah. You're doing that for people um, who you lead. So we're gonna ask you some questions based it. on this expert we have, no, Masters no, in Counseling. Master right counseling. I didn't even know that either, that's awesome. I'm not an expert. <laughs> um, okay, so here's one. Is there a too fast in Christian dating? Like where they're moving too fast. Like I'm signing my last name as his, um, <laughs> like I did. <laughs> I, so I, I, I would say dating is about collecting data. Ooh, that's a mic drop. Yep. Yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> we have so many questions about dating and that just summed it up so good. You're collecting data. Okay, expound on that. So like I always try to think dating is setting aside recreational time with someone you're interested with to see if they have the character to be a life partner. Why are we even here? I know, we should have done that earlier. <laughs> so, so with that point. being said, obviously you can discern if someone's a life partner in a month, yeah. but you don't also have to wait three years if you're collecting the right data and asking the right questions. Okay, so what questions? <laughs> That's so good. Now, break it down for these guys and girls out well, there that are like, what do I ask? Well, I, I think, I think uh, every dating relationship has its own rhythm. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I always encourage couples who are dating, don't grab more intimacy than what you can handle what's needed, right? Yeah. So, fellas, don't be asking her questions to get to her heart if you're not willing to steward her heart. That's so good. So, so right there, there's a pace that you're not ready to move at a particular rhythm. So stay her friend, cultivate the friendship, which could be three years, four years. And then when you're ready to steward her heart, then you can ask her questions to have access to her heart. Wow. But if you're not willing to steward her heart, don't ask those questions yeah. to get to her heart. Wow. I mean, even speaking as like a single woman, like hearing that, that is so validating to like, our hearts as women like even the women that are listening i'm sure you can be like that is exactly what i want yeah. i want she, someone who's she, gonna she, fight for me she tweets the podcast know, yeah. like the guy hey <laughs> did you hear this yet <laughs> exactly I, I think that's like super valuable for men to even hear like as they're building relationship with women you don't have to dive right no, in just no. because you think that's what she would want like there's actually so much safety and trust being built while you're cultivating that friendship, yeah. you're and, and about. I would say to the to the to the ladies out there who actually wants a guy to pursue her heart, make sure you don't do it at the degree at this pace that you're outpacing him in romance. Mm, okay. I, I always tell women match his pace of romance that is connected to his character in the sense of like if he's asking for your heart and he's pursuing you, then you, you can match that and respond, but don't outpace him yeah. if he's not showing you in his character his actions matter of fact i always say i say Go words on. right actions speak louder than words but patterns speak louder than actions so don't just Ooh. go off of actions you need to look wow. at his patterns because people he could open the door for you but does that mean that's his pattern of being uh chivalrous or is that's he just so trying right. to like really make a good impression you don't want someone to make a good impression you want someone to be the impression that they're trying to make like is this you so I always say, like, match his pace. Don't outpace him. That's so, Because I, I think that's super important. I think biblical romance, guys pursue, women pers respond. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you can't show them you're interested, but the moment you show them you're interested, let him see if he wants to pursue. Yes. Yeah, and if he doesn't pursue, point. don't start losing yourself to show him you're more interested. Yeah. Like, back up. Slow down. <laughs> Stop acting so thirsty. No, I was like... <laughs> 
It's not Thirsty Thursday. It's, not it's thirsty Find Thursday. Jesus Friday. Yeah, because if you act like you're thirsty, you may get somebody who you thought you want that you really don't want. Exactly. And because if you make yourself more physically yeah. letting them know, like, hey, I'm, I can be sexual. I can, yeah. I can do compromising things to let you know I can be that. Then you're attracting the wrong type of God. Because I would say if you want a man of God, there's something about a, a, a righteous woman that a man of God can't deny. So if you just focus on being in right yeah. standing with God, you'll give off the right aroma. You'll get off the right vibe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that man of God is going to be like, mm, mm, mm. She <laughs> Someone is, listening she is beautiful that. inside yes. and out. Yes. That's wifey material. I love that. <laughs> yes. Okay, well then, off of what you were saying, how, for, my, like for a guy, yeah. so for all our men speaking or listening to, how do you know when to like stop pursuing if you're not, if the guy, if the girl isn't like showing a bunch of interest, like, because yeah. I mean, there's like two different camps. There's like pursue at all cost until yeah. she's like, like get she off says, of me. No, no, no. Yeah, and yeah. there's like at the slightest sense of maybe she doesn't like it. Run. Like, like what is? Yeah. yeah, like when do you stop um, pursuing? I think you. So, I would tell the guy stop pursuing when she stops responding. Now it's different if she doesn't respond to a text yeah. or she doesn't respond to a phone call. Well, she, she might be at work. <laughs> And couldn't respond, right? Um, but if she has a pattern of like not responding to texts, a pattern of not really being engaging towards you and towards your pursuit, um, then you can just ask mm. a simple question and not be afraid to be rejected. Hey, uh, I don't know if I'm reading these signs right, but I, 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 I like you. I want to get to know you. And I think it's good to ask questions because, and then if, if a guy asks that questions, ladies, be very honest. Yeah, that's don't, so true. Don't give him hope if you don't want him to have hope. That's, That's such a good like. Yes. Don't be like, well, maybe in the future, and you really don't feel that way. No. Be be honest, like, no, I see you as a friend. You're a great guy, um, but I just want to keep it that way. That way, he can go pursue someone else. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes, if you're desperate for attention, you try to leave a little bit like of like maybe a little wheel room. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. We actually have a blog on that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so then it feeds what I need it to feed till I find the other guy right. that I actually oh, that's want. Wrong. That's wrong. She said it. You she said it. Said it. Yep. I did it once. It was terrible. We've all done it. We've all I done mean, it. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. <laughs> hey, guys. If you're like me, then you learn best through interaction. And if that's the case, then the 40-day journey to purity is for you. This is 40 days of amazing content written on the topics of sexuality, sex, relationships, dating, all of those amazing topics that I know you have questions on. And for each day, there are interactive videos and questions. So it's really in depth. You guys should definitely check it out at morerevolution.com and get yours today. Yeah. Okay, so here's, we, you kind of touched on it, but dive deeper into the whole for all the girls listening, how can you? Because most girls don't want to be like, I pursued him and chased him down. Yeah. Like They want to be pursued, yeah. but they're like, man, does he have any sign of seeing any signal? What yeah. should they do to show some interest without feeling like they're like going after him? It's, I mean, I'll just let you guys know, like Stacy and I, um, our situation, because she showed me she was interested, um, and then I, then I was like, all right, I got it from here. I, you interested? I got it from here. Say, say less. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's, it's different. Uh, it's different per uh, person, yeah. per woman. I think what I'm gonna share is not a formula. Yeah. Um, but Stacy did it to what she felt comfortable and what she would consider. Hey, I want to be classy. I want to be respectful of myself. 
So she asked herself all those questions mm. and then she put herself out there to let me know she was interested. And so for me, since I came from such a hookup culture yeah. and I was always the guy, uh, I'm so I, I'm originally from the Bay Area and we would use a term called pop our collars. <laughs> <laughs> that, that means you're trying to get at girls, right? So, oh my God. Um, so I would, I was always that guy that didn't have a problem pursuing a girl that I liked or a woman that I liked. But when I was at church and I was on my abstinence uh, a journey for three years, uh, I was like, God, I really don't want to mess this up. Like, I would have these conversations with God. Man, it's this girl in church. Her name is Stacy. Uh, I looked at her toes. They were pretty. <laughs> the check is there. <laughs> I was like, she loves the Lord, blah, blah, blah. She's in Bible college. And I would just say, God, I don't want to, like, try to initiate something that I'm not ready for. Yeah. Could you set it up to where we'll have a conversation? I, that was just my, my prayer to God. And I could you not. I came from a church where we previously served at. It was like a 3,500-seat sanctuary. So the, uh, the, the propensity of us sitting next to each other is kind of like slim to none. Um, so for like two to three weeks in a row, the usher would sit us both together, and Stacy and I wore the same color schemes all, all, both times. <laughs> like, God, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I was just like, you know, so we'll be sitting next to each other, and on top of that, those two to three weeks, our pastor is preaching on singleness, dating, and marriage. So it was just like, so that was, so yeah. I didn't, so I was like, you know what? All right, God, that could be coincidence. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. Right. At least wet yeah. more. I was like, okay. I was like, you know what, God, you know, I hear you, but uh, I need some more confirmation. And then I get a phone call from uh, one of my spiritual mother's daughters who said, God showed me a woman that you're going to marry and just really described Stacy, curvaceous, beautiful, wow. X, Y, and Z. And so I was just like, okay. Um, I was like, well, God, one more other thing. Like, if this is you, you're going to have to make it happen. Because I, I was like, I just don't want to mess it up. Because I literally, I feel like I romanticized a lot of good friendships. Mm, and yeah. those friendships with the opposite sex, these were really good women. Yeah. And I, I romanticized them when they should have stayed friends. And I lost good friends. Wow. And I hurt good women. Um, so I just didn't want to do that no more. I had a different heart. I had different convictions. And I determined I'm not going to be that guy anymore. So then, uh, lo and behold, I get a phone call from Stacy. Oh, a phone call from Stacy. And if you know Stacy, she ain't giving nobody no phone call. <laughs> She's interested. I get a phone call from her. Um, she has a different rendition to this story, oh, but I, I get a I get a phone call from her, and she. I, I, so the phone rings. Hello, and somehow we couldn't hear each other. She hung up, and then I recall the number, and I said hello. And she was like, hi, this is Stacy. I knew who she was. And I was like, who are you? Who is this? I thought, oh, my I thought, God. I, thought, I, I was nervous. So mean. I was nervous. So mean. <laughs> Making her explain uh, everything. So Stacy um, said, I don't, she was very courageous to say this because most women who do this, I always tell guys, you got to be very careful. But she said she had a dream. And in the dream, she explained it. And I bear witness to that dream. And basically in the dream... She was just explaining that I felt like God called us to connect in, in, in terms of at least start a friendship, date, and get to know each other. But really, it was about marriage. Wow. Um, and then from there, that was how she showed me she was interested. And I went in my prayer time, and I was like, thank you, God. Yeah. Because I, like, I, was, what I was like, yes, sir. And then I kid you not, from that day forward, I just pursued Stacy. I pursued her heart. I stewarded her heart. 
we didn't have sex until we uh, got married. We waited to consummate our marriage uh, on our honeymoon, and that was tough for both of us. Um, she wasn't promiscuous, but I was. So for us to be able to offer that to each other, that was a really beautiful gift. Wow. Um, and, and we have something special. And we both showed each other that we can handle temptation. Yeah. Because temptation comes as a yes. single, as a married person. Yeah. And what I try to tell people, if you don't learn how to, or tell couples, if you don't know how to flex that muscle, what if temptation comes to your marriage yeah. and you're trying to flex this muscle that you should have flexed as a single? Yeah. Yep. And now you're trying to flex it in your, your marriage and, you know, you, it can cause some potential challenges. So... That's we were able huge. to offer the gift of self-control to each other. Oh, that's so um, good. And I pursued her, and she responded. That's and, so and, good. And the rest is history. The rest is I love it. we yeah. got to talk about that muscle, because yeah. that's huge. Because I think a lot of the times, even in the church, we're like, oh, well, I know we're going to get married. Like, I know oh, we're going to be together yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. And so I love that perspective of working out that muscle and giving it as a gift. And just, it's really like a... It's like the white, it's not a red flag. It's like, oh, he has self-control. Oh, she has self-control. Like, yeah. I, it builds trust, too. Yeah, yes, yeah. I, I think it's super important um, because self-control is not a switch you can turn on and off. Yeah. You can't say, I'm going to have self-control in these areas, but I'm, you know, I'm going to be a little yeah. bit lascivious in this area. So it's super helpful for our marriage um, because there were seasons in our marriage where uh, our sex life took different turns mm -hmm. for uh, more physical reasons. Uh, excuse me, more medical reasons. And because I had the muscle of self-control, yes. yeah. I was able to still honor my wife and not feel like I'm going to die because we are not frequently having sex on the level that we both want, but just some challenges arose. Um, and, and therefore, I can keep honoring our relationship. But yeah. for some guys, our girls, if you don't have that self-control muscle, then you actually think you, you got to give in to this temptation yeah, and all these huge. different types of things. And Definitely. Yeah. I think even with that too, if you're introducing like sexuality into your relationship so soon, especially yeah. you don't like emotions can get so skewed. Like yeah. sexuality builds such mm -hmm. a connection and bonds yes. really do get built with another person, whether you believe it or not, they do. Yeah. And so when you're introducing that, especially early on in a, yes. in a dating relationship, yeah. you could go months and months and years without realizing, man, there's actually not a level of connection here. I, yes. And I didn't realize it. And now, yeah. you know, now we're married and like, whoa, I don't, are, do we connect? Like, yeah. are we friends? And yeah. so I'm like, I'm, I'm speaking as a single, we've got two married people up here. So all my singles, I like, I hear you, like I'm yeah. not married. And I get like how hard that, that, um, feeling is to be like, I, I've got to withhold here. Like, is God withholding from me? Are they get to have fun? I don't. And there's people who, you know, you're seeing people who aren't Christian doing whatever they want with their body and whatever. Yeah. But there's this like inner drive inside of you. That's like, man, I'm fighting for something. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. I'm fighting for something. I'm fighting for this within my marriage, but I'm also doing it as an internal thing with me and the Lord. It's not just about my goal of getting married. I'm right. not going to not have sex just so I can have a sexy hot sex life with my husband one day right. I'm doing it because this is my relationship with God that I'm stewarding so I'm yeah. building that with the Lord and I'm also building that muscle you guys are talking about that's apparently very very important in marriage as well yeah, so yeah, yeah. it doesn't it, stop yeah, being important yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just to just to be vulnerable it was hard to try to practice being abstinent with, with Stacy until we got married so yeah. for all the singles out there it was difficult yeah. it wasn't yeah, it's not it wasn't easy. like I was just like I got the superhuman power it was hard we, we crossed lines. Uh, totally. We had to recalibrate our relationship. Yeah. We had to like start learning better boundaries, tag more accountability in. And it was hard, and it should be hard. Yeah. Because if attraction is playing too little, 
then I would ask, are you trying to put romance on a friendship? You should be like, That's so I, want, I want to touch on. you. You should be like, I want to kiss you, but I'm not. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, speaking to your single season, those three years of being abstinent and just... I mean, I'm sure you dedicated those to the Lord again, just part of your story. Yeah. But how do you or how did you combat loneliness when yeah. you're single? Yeah, so I think it's hard to be single successfully if you're not devoted to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. One of the ways that I com- uh, combated being single and not being lonely, I had moments of loneliness. However, in those moments, uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit would show me that I'm not alone, He would lead me to community. Um, and I think it's so important to bond with non-romantic relationships before you try to have a romantic relationship. Because mm, yeah. too many times we're outsourcing uh, particular needs in romance that we can get in a friendship, that we can get in a mentor relationship, that we can yeah. get in community, yeah. that we can get with a pastor. So when there were moments where I felt alone, I reached for community. Um, because in community, what I thought in my aloneness, I wanted romance. It was just like, nah, I just needed a good conversation. Yeah. I just needed a good movie to watch with a friend. I just needed a so pastor good. to speak into yeah. my life. Um, but I think that's where the hiccup can come in is that when people feel alone, they reach for romance. And then mm-hmm. the danger of reaching for romance and not building a non-romantic relationship is now, since you have no friends or community that you've learned to be vulnerable with to meet those needs where you feel like you need someone, what happens is you get into a romantic relationship and now you put all this pressure on this one yeah. person to be everything. Wow. When Stacy is my everything, but she can't be everything. I have a spiritual father. I have friends. I have mentors. I have uh, recreation. So therefore, I'm not putting all this pressure yep, on, on this one relationship because in my single season, I developed a lot of non-romantic relationships to help sustain me when I get in a romantic relationship. So good. This is so valuable. Yeah, the mic drops <laughs> just like every five seconds. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Yeah. Next question: When in the dating relationship do you share your juicy your your history? Your juicy history. A lot history. of times. And I just heard Sloane's story earlier <laughs> that on her one of her first dates she oh said, my God. "I'm a virgin." <laughs> <laughs> vulnerable and like that's just who I am and vulnerable and I went on this first date and I'm like I'm a virgin so okay thankfully nice he to was meet great. you like <laughs> nice to meet. oh yeah my name is Sloan by the way I'm so sorry that's so funny <laughs> but a lot of times because you're like trying to get to know but even like you talked about earlier of not asking questions about their heart till you're ready to steward it it's yeah. the same thing like yes. I'm not ready to steward your sexual history yeah. on date one <laughs> right like it but was, yeah. when you ask get to know you questions or if you're bad at asking questions you might be like tell me your testimony and right. then you're like I know too much yeah. Yeah. Like, what do I, I do with this your person your whole genealogy <laughs> so where do you think or what's your advice in that realm that, that's tough because I mean you gotta you need the Holy Spirit in that yeah. because there may be an interaction where you're like I need to be honest about this yeah um, I think the goal was always trying to be more than friends, less than lovers. Hmm. So uh, what do I mean by that is in the friendship stage, when I find myself wanting to be more than friends, and when I say less than lovers, I just mean uh, not being sexually active. But when I find myself being uh, attracted to the person spiritually, emotionally, all those different things to the degree I'm ready to pursue another level with them, I think 
every level of commitment requires intimacy. So if I'm, I'm trying to take a new level of commitment, then I need to reveal more levels of myself. So if we're friends, and now from friends to now exclusively dating, that's a, that's a new commitment. Yep. Yeah. So that new commitment needs to now require new intimacy. Typically, we try to give intimacy before we establish commitment. I think you got to establish commitment, then you give intimacy. Yep. So that so way bad. I'm not sharing things that you have not committed to steward or want to even be a part of. Yeah. So I personally shared a lot of my history with Stacy uh, the moment I knew that I wanted to pursue her. Like the moment I knew like, hey, I want you to be my girlfriend and we Mom. started pursuing each other, then I needed to be honest about my past. I need to be honest about my sexuality. I need to be honest that, hey, I have a son. I think for me having a kid, I think that's kind of something you want to yeah. bring up front. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to wait till like <laughs> three years later. You don't want to be six, six uh, dates in and be like, oh, by the way, I have, a, I have an eight-year-old. <laughs> um, so I, I just think that um, there's things that you can share as friends, and I think community, accountability will kind of help you wrestle with yeah, that. Yeah, totally. People not who know you, them. yeah, mm-hmm. can kind of help you break that down so good yeah, yeah so yeah well before we wrap this up i think yeah. there's one question that we typically get we yes. our more revolution dms are blown up with this question quite a bit um how would you navigate building friendships as like the opposite sex like if yeah. you, like you were saying even during that period where you were single and abstinent how yeah. did you build friendship with the opposite sex without trying yeah. to over communicate yeah. like all well, of it that sounds like you can tell us how not to as well so yeah exactly know, we'll i know i'm like the juicy details um it's tough uh because uh i, I come from a, a more conservative background when it at least in in my church upbringing i didn't start going to church i was like 24 25 or excuse me 22 23 um and then got into ministry school and i think Part of my early part of being in ministry school, they just kind of like embed it. Like if you're a pastor, you're moving towards this direction, there needs to be a lot of accountability with mm-hmm. the opposite sex. So I know from my conviction, maybe not everyone will take that stance, but I think building relationship with the opposite sex, what I tell the young adults is do it within community. Yeah. Do it within community. Um, you know, I think there's always, uh, not always, excuse me, sometimes, often there's one person that may have feelings about the other person that the other person doesn't have. Yeah. So I think that when those type of situations arise, I think you gotta just gotta be kind of careful. Uh, it's happened to me a couple times, even to Stacy, where we're friends, I gave him my number, yeah. we served together. And then they kind of started using my number, not around serving, hey, what you're doing? And yeah. hey, what are you doing later? And I think at those moments, I just kind of was very upfront with those people to the degree I think I was a little bit more rude. Um, but I would just be upfront, like, yeah. hey, you know, I'm just spending time with family. Do you want to kick it and hang out? And I was very upfront. And I was like, hey, I, if we hang out, I prefer to just kind of keep it in a church setting. Yeah. I see you as my sister. Oh, you pulled that? <laughs> I know. My That's, brother in yeah, Christ. So this, I don't have the best advice in this area, <laughs> but um, well, I think up front is a I think that's a great response. thing, yeah. <laughs> because for me, like I, I, I wanted to be up front. For one, I want to sabotage myself from totally. having weak moments to where if we're friends and I know you have these feelings towards me and you catch me in a weak moment, and now I'm taking advantage of that friendship. I kind of was like, let me just be up front, yeah. So you know where I stand. Yes, that's um, so good. And I just that helped me to love my sisters in Christ and love my friends well once I got saved to where we didn't cross lines. Yeah. The moment I got saved, I didn't, you know, 
I wasn't messing around with other girls. I didn't have any of those issues because I set really strong boundaries. One of my strong boundaries was I wasn't alone with the opposite sex. Yeah. Um, we didn't, you know, we didn't date. We didn't hang out unless I was intentional. I want to reserve that for my wife. Wait, wait, we want to pause it yeah. right there because we need to hear that again. What? Which one? That part because <laughs> those boundaries, those are so healthy because yeah. there's no question. Yeah. And I think that's where all of the questions come in. Is like, oh, I just, yeah, we went and had lunch together. Oh, yeah, we just hung out. You're yeah. Like, well, I'm over here thinking that was a date. And yeah. he's like, no, I just hang out with all these girls all the right, time. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. you were single and you had your own boundaries yeah. and values. But I don't hang out alone. Yeah, I, I would say that. And they thought I was weird when yeah. I said that. <laughs> they was like, it's Good. just coffee. And I was like, yeah, baby, just coffee to you. But to me, yeah. I don't want to put us in that situation. Um, but yeah, I, was I, still, I would still try to be nice and make sure I showed them a lot of love at church. But I really want to reserve those intimate moments for the one that I really did want to pursue. Because if I'm doing those intimate moments of like hanging out one on one, then I, I, for me, I was like, well, the person who I do want to pursue, I don't want them to think that. Yeah, we're I just did this with yeah. Everybody. yeah, yeah. So that's such a good point. Uh, but, that's so good. But on the other end, I do know people who have those relationships, yeah. and they didn't come from a promiscuous background like me. So I think I needed more stronger boundaries based on yeah. my temptations yeah. with opposite sex. Other people, I think they can like have different flexible boundaries. Yeah. So I just really think it's important to make those decisions in community. Yeah. So my community, my pastors would say, because they knew my life, these are some healthy boundaries for you. Yeah. For someone else, it could be a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for the most part, any of the girls that are would ask can we hang out they had intentions of like grooming me to be someone they <laughs> grooming <would> be. me <laughs> I think it's, are you cultivating really a friendship point, or are you trying to groom a lover like, yeah, exactly yeah. I think that's what it is too because like I mean I have a really good guy friend in my life that's been in my life for years and years and years but what makes him different as a guy friend and a boyfriend is those clear, like it's clear, yeah. it's defined. Yeah. It's not just, no one's assuming yeah. anything on the other person. There's trust built there because yeah. of communication, like there's been communication and yeah. there's been clear conversations surrounding that topic. So I yeah. think that's big. And I think you're so right in the way that you, you're, you're basically saying you gotta, you gotta know yourself too. You yeah. gotta understand your history. You gotta yes. understand like your convictions and your yeah. core values and your temptations yeah. even. I think that's such a good point. Yeah. Super important. Yeah. Love it. Love it. We could keep yeah. going. I mean, honestly. <laughs> we could, but we're going to stop because those of you who are podcast listeners are probably like, I can't. I, I got to my destination <laughs> and I'm just sitting in my car because I want to keep listening. <laughs> do you ever do that? You're like, yeah. I don't want to pause this podcast. I want to keep going. <laughs> so, Damien, thank you so much thank for you being for with us. Me. That was incredible. Yeah. Honestly, you had so many one-liners. I'm like, we need to go I back know. and take all of the notes. Because it was so good, so wise. Thank you for sharing yeah. your oh, life absolutely. with us. Appreciate you yep. guys having me. Yep. Awesome. And if you want to find Damien on Instagram, we will tag him in the show yes. notes. Sure. And Dalte, yep. Real Life Church, if you're in the Sacramento area, yep. it's the bomb. Dalte Conf, is it happening in 2021? It is. With all the... I know. Yeah, like, so oh, we're, we're making some modifications. <laughs> we'll figure it out. You want to be there in person, yeah. if so, because it is a it's blast. So it is not your yeah. typical church conference. We dance. We, oh, oh yeah, we have dance so much. We turned up. Yeah, <laughs> <We> turned up. <laughs> Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to learn more and check out all of our awesome content, be sure to head to our website at moralrevolution.com and our socials, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. But before you leave, don't forget to like, review, subscribe, all of the things. We want you guys to come back and join us. We enjoyed having you. See you next time.